All right, folks. Hello and welcome to another edition of the American Skyster podcast. My name's Jamie. Tonight I'm going to be hosting and joining us tonight is Timuchin, our resident red. How are you doing, Tim? Uh, pretty good, sir. And also a big welcome to one of our newest members to the American Skyster group, uh, Loyal Red, and another addition to our blog recently this week. His name's Barack. How are you doing, Barack? Excellent. Thank you, Jamie, and thank you for uh, having me on. Not a problem. Anytime at all. So, folks, um, busy week this week. I'm just going to start, first of all, with a statement. Liverpool, Liverpool, top of the league. And, uh, <laughs> we're, um, we're probably May it forever this. remain that way, right? Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Um, we're going to spend most of our time, I feel, this evening talking about the, the game, game week four against Burnley. But uh, it's also been a busy week of news and headlines to do with the club. So... I'll cover them briefly, and then we can get straight into talking about the match. Um, you know, obviously, it's going to be the international break starting as of this weekend. Um, it's Bill Shankly's 106th birthday, if he was still alive. And let's face it, everybody at Liverpool holds him dearly, and he's right there with us. Um, obviously, it's the final day of the transfer window, so there's a little bit of talking to do there in regards of, of Liverpool Um players and ex-players but uh, let's get started by talking about the game um, so we comfortably beat Burnley 3-0 and uh, let's start with you Tim how do you how do you think the first goal went down oh man that was well timed wasn't it uh, I mean it seemed like it was coming though I mean I know it was kind of lucky with a deflection uh, and everything like that but it felt like it was coming I thought the boys did really well. That's a tough away game. Burnley is always a tough away game. And I one thing that I was very impressed with was the fact that we kind of looked even more aggressive than Burnley physically, which is really hard to do because that's kind of like their, you know, staple. That's what they kind of like, you know, that's their bread and butter, if you will. Uh, so with that blue-collar midfield we had, it looked like we were kind of more pushing them around than the other way around. Usually they try to kind of bully or you know, out of the game, and we kind of fought back. I thought we had everything under control. Good Adrian save in the uh, first few minutes there to keep us in it. And I mean, that's a tough away game uh, taking care of with a comfortable score. So can't really ask for more. That first goal was lucky, but like I say, it felt like it was coming. Uh, and then it's just a matter of you know, like having those guys up front who are. Just skilled. I mean, if you get if those guys get the ball in space enough times, we're just gonna get goals. There's no way around that. So great win. I mean, could not be happier. Apart from you know that late drama that we had, I thought there was like uh, no blemishes on that game. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good game to watch. Um, Barack, I know you recently just done a blog for us. Um, I was luckily enough to read that. So any of you listeners get a chance, go out there and, and read my man's blog. It's Good read. So how would you, um, having a day or two to rest after the game, how would you look back on the 3-0? The uh, yeah, I, so it's interesting, right? I mean, it looked comfortable in the end, but I got to tell you, the first 30 minutes didn't feel comfortable. And, and you, think about, <laughs> you think about Burnley and playing, playing out there in Turf Moor every time. Every time it's, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's anxiety to it, right? There's, there's some nervousness. And it was proven this time. Uh, I'm glad Adrian is doing as well as he is. Uh, there certainly were a couple of moments where we could have been one nil down, and that would have changed everything. 
And I'm grateful that there didn't seem to be a lot of wind, if you remember last season's game. But the, yeah, thing with Burn- the thing with Burnley is that, you know, out of all the other Premier League teams, in my opinion, they are the only ones that, that have a sort of that level of intensity, of physical intensity that we do. Uh, and, and that's what's always, uh, that's what I think that's why it's always like that, where, where it's a little bit, um, uh, more difficult or a little bit more, um, um, interesting to, to start that game, to get that first goal in. Um, and they're always hounding you down and, you know, they're not afraid of anybody, not afraid of us, they're not afraid of anybody. And that's, that's really to their credit. Uh, in that respect, it's a, it's an incredible uh, achievement for a team of that stature to to be able to handle themselves that way. Uh, the goal, <laughs> you know, I I gotta tell you, I I'm still not convinced. Even you, if you had Trent come to my house, sit me down and say I didn't mean it, I wouldn't believe you because you kind of <laughs> yeah. you kind of look you kind of look at him. You you look at the replays. I watched it I think 15 times afterwards after I got home uh, from watching the game, and I keep watching. And I'm like. He has that look. I don't know. Maybe he realized as the the, the 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 ball left his foot that it's going in a strange way. But he had that look. I don't know if you remember that famous Ronaldinho goal uh, that looked a little bit like this one. You know, the one that, that always gets replayed in some of the best goals. Was that history. against England, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you remember that goal? Remember yeah. it came from the same place. It kind of had the same path to it. And I don't know, to me, it was, I think Trent was, as the ball was, was leaving, it was like, oh, 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 look at that. I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. He, was, he didn't turn back or whatever. He was, he was watching. His head was like, ah, following the path of the ball. So I, he could tell, it, tell it to me himself. I'm not going to believe him. <laughs> yep. So you're firmly in the, in the Trent, Trent goal. Either way, he's got the assist. I'm sure... I'm sure everybody's seen his post-match interview where he, he just said, yeah, you know, it, it's a goal for the team. I'm happy enough. He, that's why he gets his assist. He's already well ahead of Robbo in the assist charts. But uh, I just wanted to take another quick second to possibly almost give you a new uh, nickname for joining the American Scousers with your blog, the uh, Arnie Schwarzenegger of the American Scouser crew. Your, <laughs> your blog was very strong, Barack. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you did. I always <laughs> wanted to do this, so it's it's great to get to do it once. Well, I figured Hopefully I could watch Lyrical about you some more. <laughs> so the, the, the second goal, um, it was uh, just a, a bit of beauty by Bobby and um, passed it into Mane. And Mane, just perfect on his run, take it in his stride and bottom corner of the net. Just Just talk us through that, Barack. I mean, you know, that's, uh, isn't that what, what we're all about now? I mean, that's, that's why they talk about the fearsome front that we have. There's nothing there that, it's kind of funny, right? It, it, we today, we're looking at them like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, that's another goal from, from Bobby and, and Mane, right? I mean, obvious, duh. Yeah. But when you think about it, there is so much brilliant football being played when that happens. The, the vision, the, the, the perfect weight on that ball from, from, from Firmino to Mane, that, that, is, that is magic. That is the dark art of, of a player like, like Bobby Firmino. And, and, you know, Mane just had to ask the, the goalie, where do, you want, where do you want me to place the ball? I mean, do you want me to pass it to your right? Do you want me to pass it to your left? Do you want me to lob it over you? I mean, I have all the choices. I can just choose. I have plenty of time to think. And that's, that's wonderful. That's beautiful to see. But again, 
it's what I expect. It's what we all expect of, of our team now. And that, that, that is, to me, the real magic of all this, is that we've now gotten to a point where this is a, you know, another day in the office. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it is what we've come to expect. But I tell you who didn't expect it, and that was Nick Pope in goals. Uh, what do you think? You're, put, your, put your feet in, the, in a goal position to Mucci, and, and what do you think when Mane is barreling down at you? I mean, that's a tough spot to depend. I mean, that was perfectly executed. I mean, the Firmino could have gone either way. I mean, the way, I mean, that's when it helps to have three guys who play together for a long time, understanding each other, creating space for each other. And that was, I thought it was like perfectly executed. Because if you look at it, you know, Salah is there as well. They're kind of like spreading them out. Firmino is kind of like smart enough to kind of like, you know, even create more space in the direction he's dribbling. And that's like a perfect way to pass, knowing how Mane would want that ball. And, you know, it's a hard position to be a goalie in because we've seen Mane kick that to the, like the closer, like the front post high. You know, he did that against City. I mean, I, I can think of like three, four goals where he's kicked that high to the front post. So you got to kind of cover that. And you can, I mean, you just, he was just left with the wide open goal in front of him and could have picked either corner. And the way the ball is rolled towards him, I mean, that's just Bobby's class right there. I mean, he just picked the corner, perfectly hits. I mean, it's a great goal. I would hate to be the goalie in that one. You just don't know which way to cover. Like, he kind of got caught in between two of them, I think, too. Like, it's one of those, like, you know, you pick your poison. He just did not want to pick the poison, uh, so he kind of, like, was exposed. I think, I mean, if you look at the replay, uh, especially from, like, behind the goal, you can kind of see that Mane could have gone high to the closer post on that one, too. But, I mean, it's, like, a perfectly executed. That is, like, just beautiful football to watch. The way, I mean, you know, if you play the game and you watch it over the years, you can kind of, like, appreciate it a lot more because there's a lot that goes into the goal than a simple, you know, like a counterattack. It's just perfectly executed. Yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. perfectly right. You you touched on uh, on damned if you do, damned if you don't. We we've all seen Mane slam them into the top corner, as well as just beautifully guided in. Uh, he almost passed it into the bottom corner, and there was four minutes in between the first goal and the second goal. So we we clearly smelt blood and and just kept on pounding. Um, the next goal didn't come until the 80th minute, but there was. There was a few other little chances in between the game where Salah had a chance that um, he should have passed to Bobby, uh, and we'll touch more on that after we talk about the third goal. The third goal, Bobby, again, um, beautiful slide rule pass, almost on the half halfway line, out to Salah, and Salah takes it inside, Almost looks like he's about to strike it, and Bobby says no, and just smashes it bottom corner. Like it, it doesn't get more emphatic for that for, for to be the first Brazilian to fifty goals. Um, I'm gonna name you the other five Brazilians, and we'll we can talk about them for a second. So, at the bottom five is Willian with twenty eight, then it's Gabriel Jesus with twenty eight, and it's Juninho with 29 from back in his days with Middlesbrough in the early days of the Premier League. Then, of course, it's our old friend Coutinho and Bobby at the top with 50 goals. Coutinho has 41, Bobby's with 50. So he's the quickest Brazilian to 50. Let's let's just have a little love-in about Bobby Firmino, can we? <laughs> <laughs> can we not? Is there any way not to love Bobby Firmino? I mean, you know, at least if you're a Liverpool fan, I guess if you're not, then you hate him. 
<laughs> you'd be scared to death. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, we're kind of like so used to it. I mean, at any given game, especially when we perform well, I think it's very easy to pick Bobby as player of the game just because of like what he does off the ball, uh, not to mention how much work he puts in defensively. Yeah, he, he's he's the glue, you know, and well, just just imagine him not in the team who, you know, there's there's nobody that could fill his shoes, really. No, there really isn't him. And uh, I mean, between him and, and Van Dijk in the back, I, you know, if, if either of those get injured for a long time, I, I, I think that that harms us gravely. Uh, you know, what's interesting about that goal that I think uh, there's a couple of things here, right? You know, one, we were talking about did, did uh, Trent mean his goal or did he not mean his goal? And then, you know, of course, Salah get credited with a, an assist for the Bobby goal, but of course he clearly did not mean to pass the ball to Bobby. And, and I think that also leads to another interesting uh, aspect of, of Firmino's game, which is that he knew where to be. Uh, he had the, the right, uh, he was reading the, the, the pitch correctly to be in that moment, to grab that ball, to, to pass it, if you will, to that uh, bottom corner. And that's that's one of the, the amazing things about him. That's why he matters so much. That this, this this ability to read the game, his anticipation is is brilliant. Mane's anticipation is brilliant too. The, the two of them are always in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it's almost as if the the complete forward package is our front three. You know, you you've got the strength there with Bobby. You've got the pace and the strength with Mane and Salah on either side. So we're we're just blessed with a, an entire riches up front, um, which and, Salah, and Salah's creativity is off the charts. I mean, yeah. when you're when you're putting those three together, and and that that seamlessly glides us into our <laughs> our next uh, our the only embarrassment of the game, um, the main headline. If you'll read half of the other papers, etc., um, the the Salah and Mane dispute. Um, who wants to jump in on this first? <laughs> Didn't they clarify that? I think it was um, um, he was upset. Manu was upset about uh, Milner not going in. I think that was clarified by the president. <laughs> <laughs> James Milner wins social media forever. I was going <laughs> to say that he's the king of social media. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Problems like this were 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 quashed and calmed way before they even entered the dressing room after the 3-0 win. Um, Jordan Henderson has come out and said that Mane was even joking and laughing on the way back in to the dressing room. But um, the other thing of absolute noteworthy there was the clip of Bobby Firmino's glance at the camera in the tunnel. Has anyone seen that? Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, well, he's a joker. I mean, that's one of the things about these guys, right? There's some of the nicest, you know, people in football. Think about, think about some of the other, you know, forwards that have gotten the name, the stature that these three have, have already gotten to out there in, in the world of football. There's the, the, so many of them that just, you know, they act like jerks because they are. They, they reflect, these guys are just, they're all nice guys. You know, Mane can, comes off, he's pumped full of adrenaline. The game's exciting. It's fast at that point. You can kind of understand that. It was, it was a normal human behavior. I think that's what also what Klopp was saying. He wasn't taking any notice of this at all. I don't think Salah did either. 
um, uh, just because he he cares. He he loves the game. He loves to play, and and you know all of that. She's like, oh my god, I can't believe you didn't pass me the ball, right? I mean, but at, at some other game, you know, Salah's going to have a going to score an impossible hat trick, and we're all going to be praising him as the you know as as the emperor of Egypt, and and you know nobody's going to think twice about it, right? Absolutely correct, Tim Uchin, What do you what do you say? I think it's just all context, isn't it? I mean, if you're and you know winning kind of like solves these things. If that game is tied and that happens, it's a totally different story. And we're probably looking at it totally differently as as fans. And I mean, media is obviously going to eat it up. It's something to talk about. Uh, I mean, what was that two weeks ago? It was that Pep and Aguero. They're going at it. They're falling apart and stuff. You know, media loves to build teams up and then kind of like try to like tear them down. So that's just kind of what they do. Um, but I, I mean, there's two ways something like that can happen. I mean, if you played on a team, you'd know, especially in the heat of the moment on the field, there are times where you scream at each other. I mean, half the time you don't even remember it after the game, or you just like laugh and joke about it after the game. Uh, but then also there are times where, you know, it happens, 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 and you finally have an outburst kind of deal. But I mean, I think it was just odd because it was Mane. You'd never see him over animated like that so it was kind of like odd to see um but i would think just by their past and let's face it i mean i love all these guys and i love money but i mean he's probably the last guy to complain about that isn't he because he's done the same thing a couple of times they're forwards as a guy who's played defense forever these bastards are always like this up front you know they just they just try to score and it's kind of like you know what makes them good they're kind of like selfish they have so much confidence that you know they want to take every shot because they think they can score every shot and that's what makes you know a good forward a good you know it's like top quality so uh i really think it's not a big deal just knowing these guys and their history together uh but i know it could have taken a totally different turn. And, you know, Klopp even said it, that if Mane could take it back in terms of how he reacted, like he's pretty sure he would probably control it a bit better or wait till they go in or whatever the case is. But, um, I mean, winning solves and kind of like brushes these things away. If that game was tied 1-1, I think this we're having a totally different conversation now. So, obviously, as Reds fans, we want to be optimistic and we want to be like, hey, it's taken care of. And I think the good thing is, you know, these guys have chemistry they played together for a long time. Uh, their manager has been there for a while, and he's a great man manager. So all those factors come in, and you kind of assume that it's already been addressed and taken care of, uh, and hopefully it will never come up again. I mean, there are many times in a game where a player looks at the other one like, bro, I was wide open over here. I mean, it just happens. It's part of the deal. Sometimes the player doesn't see it. Sometimes they do see it and use the other player as a decoy. Or sometimes they feel like they have a better shot of scoring than passing. So whatever the case might be, I mean, yeah, he could have passed, but at the same time, you know, been there, done that, where you feel like the defensive player is going to anticipate that. So you kind of like play the other game where you pull it back. Uh, but like I say, Mana has done the same thing. Let's just hope that it's kind of like taken care of. It feels like it has been. Obviously, they're not going to come out and say, no, we still like don't like each other and we should pass to each other. But um like I say, just knowing the history, knowing the players, knowing the manager, I'm pretty confident that it's like a non-issue, really. But you know, yeah. it gives something I, I, for the media I, to talk about. I, 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 you know, I mean, 
I also, I, I have to say this, I don't think Salah saw him. I think, you know, that we all are sitting comfortably in our, in our chairs at home. We're looking at the screen or even we're sitting at the, at the pitch. You know, the, it's very easy, right? He's right there. He's like 10 feet away from you, 15 feet away from you. How come he, he didn't see him? He was going for go. It was, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's plain as, as plain as sunlight. Sunshine, right? Is that the American idiom? I'm still not uh, fully <laughs> caught up on all that. Uh, um, um, so he, he was going for goal. And you know what? The game was won. And he, he actually had that. In his, if, that if not for that inch-perfect last millisecond tackle, uh, that ball was going in. Uh, he had it. And so, uh, I don't know. It's not like I don't see it as Salah looking at Mane and saying, oh, no, I'm not going to pass to you. I'm going to do some really tricky things and, you know, dribble around these two defenders and get them to crash into each other. Just watch the replay, right? Yeah. Um, um, uh, in order to do it myself. This is not, this is not how, how he is. It's not the kind of impression you get. He just, his head was on the ball and he was, he was looking at the defense. He was like, I'm going to break through that thing. I don't think he even saw Mane. Well, you guys have done a, an excellent job in, in covering the, the topic. Um, I didn't really want to spend too much time on it because <laughs> we, we joke about it. You know, it, it's, a, it's a non-issue. And obviously, you guys touched on it perfectly. We were winning 3-0 at the time. Um, so hopefully, when we're 0-0 up against Newcastle in a week and a half's time, we, uh, we can use that as a, as a potential springboard for, for maybe uh, a Salah assist to Mane or something, and we all forget about it because it really is a non-issue. You know, those three guys are, are out there paying their, their, their debts in goals, and that's, that's just the way I look at it. I think it's a great thing, a little friendly competition. But um, so now that we've covered that, let's, uh, let's talk about who your man of the match will be uh, for the game. Um, Barack, let's go to you. All right, so everybody was saying Firmino. I kind of get that. And it's a little bit like the whole Ballon d'Or uh, conversation, right? You know, it was made for forwards. And in many ways, the Men of the Match Award is, uh, is a very, very small version of that. Um, but, you know, Bobby, Bobby had a, a regular good game from him, in my opinion. The, the one who stood up for me was Fabinho. Uh, because as I was watching the game, and again, this is Burnley at Turf Moor. This is a game that... I, you know, I'm used to being very nervous about, and uh, the way that he just, he was everywhere. I, again, I, I think I told you, I watched the replay a few times after I, I got home from watching the game. Every time, every time they're starting a, some sort of link-up play, every time they're really starting a build-up in that attack where they have numbers, suddenly he pops out of nowhere in exactly the right moment and breaks it down. It was, and it was done repeatedly. Uh, he's turning into a real monster, that guy. He's, um, um, it's lovely to watch. And I, I felt a person, if I can say this, a, um, um, a, a personal point of pride because a day later, I think there was a, the Liverpool Echo, I think, quoted Jamie Carragher saying about the same thing, you know, about Fabinho becoming this, this beast of a player is already calling him the best defensive midfielder in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would, I'd be remiss without uh, mentioning Kazi and Hooch there, they'd, they'd be loving the fact that you called out Fabinho. He, he really did play well. 
Um, so to mention, who's your man of the match? Uh, probably Fabinho as well. I mean, honestly, I would probably pick Firmino, but I, then again, I could probably do that every week. So it's more like to change of pace. Uh, probably could go with Fabinho. Uh, I thought both Mane and Salah actually had pretty good games up front as well. I mean, pretty good performance overall. Fabinho, I do like the fact that, you know, he's like a much bigger physical presence in the middle. And his recovery is really good. There are times where I feel like still he kind of almost like overcommits to a tackle. And if he misses it, kind of like it looks like suddenly there's like a ton of space behind him. But he recovers so fast when he either misses a tackle or kind of like overruns a ball or something like that, that it almost looks like it never happened, even though it did. So... I mean, he's going to be, I mean, he's still young. I think, what is he, like 25 or something like that? I think as he improves, I think one area that, you know, like if he got better at, which was like his like long range passing, there are times where he tries those long balls to like Robo or, you know, uh, Trent, and it kind of like goes, it ends up being a goal kick because it's going a bit too fast. I think over time, as he improves his like long range passing and stuff, man, looks like we're set in that position for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He he um he's really grown in in this past year, and he he always did look a talent, but um in the in the long process of 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 getting used to Klopp, he's he's just grown and grown, and what a talent it looks like we've got in our hands. So I'm glad you guys mm-hmm. both picked uh, Fabinho because I'm going for Firmino. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I mean, like like you said, Timuchin and Kazi. Has said in the past, I'll, I'll give him the man of the match anytime I can. And for the for it to be the first Brazilian in the Premier League to reach 50 goals ahead of players like Gabriel Jesus and and Juninho and Coutinho, that's unreal. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't him, it, Fabinho was definitely a close second. He he really marshaled the midfield. Um, so I think we've pretty much covered all of game week four. If there's anything else you wanted to add to Muchin or Barak. Huh, not really. I mean, nothing specific. I thought, I mean, it's they almost made it look easy. Otherwise, I really feel like that's a really tough away game. I mean, let's put it this way. If there's a fixture this week where it's, you know, City going to Burnley, I'm almost like anticipated and somewhat excited that something might happen there where City can lose points. It's one of those games. You know, like they played at home against like Brighton, you're like, uh, they're going to win that one. I mean, I didn't even like really like watch most of it because I figured, you know, that's in the bag. Whereas, you know, if they were going away to Burnley, that's a week I circle as City can lose points there. So coming out of there 3-0 in what looked comfortable, no injuries, going into an international break 4-4, four and four, I mean, could really not ask for more. Absolutely. 4-4 four and four, right there. And so, Barack, is there anything you missed out in the game you wanted to talk about? Maybe a, a little bit of a of a bigger picture there, which which I I think is interesting. I, you know, I've been a Liverpool fan for a long time, as you all, and uh, you remember that four uh, three victory versus City, where we were three goals up at like I don't know what was it the 80th minute, and I was sitting there nervous and sweating because guess what, we're gonna blow that lead, and <laughs> and and I, I gotta tell you, it's really. There's something really interesting for me as a Ritz fan to be one one nil up, you know, 30 minutes into the game and being calm, like, okay, we got this. We're going to win this. Maybe we'll believe by one goal, maybe by two goals. But, you know, we're not going to blow this amazing one nil 
uh, you know, leave. And that's, uh, that's, a, that's a really fresh <laughs> um, uh, feeling. I think a, a big part of that is obviously our defense. Um, Joel Maddup seems to have grown and grown into a completely new player alongside VVD. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a strange feeling to be calm even after the first thirty minutes of the Burnley game because they had a couple of chances. Um, Adrian pulled out a, a a quality strong hand save in the early couple of minutes as well. So. You're 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 both quite right. Burnley will uh, take a few scalps this season, and uh, glad we're not one of them. I wouldn't think we're lucky to get a clean sheet. I think we played well enough to deserve the clean sheet. Um, it's it's going to be fun watching the teams that we beat uh, reconvene and resurge against other teams. So that that'll be nice to see. And um, so with that being said, uh, we've pretty much covered. Game week four down to a T. Um, obviously, there's going to be a, an international break now um, between the Newcastle game. So, with that in mind, there is 30 Liverpool players that have been called up to inter- international duty. Um, 17 of those have been uh, seniors. Um, so, I'm just going to run through the names real quick. We have Kelleher, VVD, Gomez, Lovren, Vanderberg. Trent, Robbo, Hoover, Fabinho, Hendo, Wijnaldum, Ox, Jones, Elliot, Firmino, Origi, and Brewster. Um, obviously, a few few names have been missed out there. Um, Salah and Mane are both getting rested, which is good to hear. Obviously, Allison won't be going because he's still dealing with his injury. But um, with the international just approaching us, uh, have you guys heard about uh, Shakiri? Yes, I thought that yeah. was very interesting to see, actually. Yeah, me too. Um, considering Ireland, my national team, are going to be playing against Switzerland. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but always good to hear that he has Liverpool at the forefront of his mind. What do you think about that, Barack? I mean, talk about forcing your point, right? If that's not looking at your manager straight in the eye and saying, I deserve a spot on this team, I, I don't know what else you can do as a player. That's putting your mouth you know, your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. Timuchin, let's talk about Shakiri real quick. Do you think he can get the assists at the vital times where, where he proved vital last year? Do you think he can break into this squad and, and maybe resemble part of the player we've seen? I feel like, I mean, the guy deserves the minutes. And, well, this is the problem you're going to have with having a deep squad, right? I mean, not everybody's going to get minutes. You can only have 11 guys on the field. Uh, And having a deep bench and having, you know, you have people like Ox and stuff sitting on the side as well. And not to mention, like, Keita is still out. So, um, I mean, he's going to obviously get his chances. Uh, We'll like to, you know, like the cup competitions and stuff like that, like League Cup, the FA Cup and all that. I feel like I wish when we have bigger leads in games, you know, we had it against Norwich and, you know, even in this game, I, I wish, you know, sometimes Klopp would make those substitutions earlier. Um, I don't know if he want, doesn't want to change the momentum. I, I mean, like I say, can't be in the guy's head to know why, but I feel like sometimes we wait too long to make those substitutions and get, you know, uh, those guys' minutes and opportunities there. I mean, even in this last game, 
I mean, I, can you really give a grade to what Shakiri and, you know, Divac did after they came back? It's so short, you know, how many times you get to even touch the ball to be able to make an impact. And I almost feel like a couple of times Shaq did get the ball. It almost looks like he's trying too hard to make an impact because it's like you got eight minutes, uh, go. And, you know, like you're trying to make something happen. So I, I wish, you know, like we would make those some of those substitutions earlier to get those guys more minutes, more of an opportunity to get into the flow of things. Um, but it's kind of like hard to doubt Klopp and how he does things with the success he has at the same time. But uh, if they make most of their chances uh, while they get game time in these cup competitions, I think he'll probably get more and more minutes. I mean, you're trying to get minutes away from Mane and Salah. Good luck with that. Uh, you know, because I really feel like that's probably more spots or, you know, like midfield as the attacking midfielder. But then now you're battling Ox for minutes, who, you know, I'm sure like we all wanted to get more minutes as well. And like I say, not to mention like Keita is still out and on his way back. So when he comes back, there's one more body to take minutes away from. I mean, these are good problems to have. Uh, but And these are problems you will have when you have a deep squad, which, you know, it is what it is. You just got to earn your minutes. I think you have so many examples on this team, uh, like Divac last year, like Matip this year, and last year, I guess, where you just got to be freaking ready. So when the opportunity comes, you better make the most of it. Kind of like Matip did, kind of like Gomez did way back. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Divac last year. So you got to make the most of those chances that you do get. You just got to be ready. And obviously we don't see practices, you know, Klopp does. Uh, so you got to show it every day that you want it and not going to the national team so you can practice home with Klopp is a good sign to say, yeah, you know, I really want this. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, not that's that's 100% correct. I'll, I'll add to, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. We always complain about our bench not being deep. Uh, you know, a, a deep bench, a good bench, like, you know, they all say, take City's bench. They can be a legitimate Premier League team. Well, I, you know, we're, we're starting to get there too. We're going to soon enough have a bench that is quality enough to have a, a, a second Premier League team. And I think that's, a, that's wonderful. That's great. Uh, you know, we're having, what is it between last day of November, first day of January coming up as what, 11 games on the schedule? Uh, you know, they're going to see a lot of minutes. It's just it's inevitable. There's not that there's any chance that that's not going to happen. Uh, these are quality players. They're great. Sure, is, is Shakiri as good as Firmino? Of course not. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any question about that. Is, is Divac as good as, as Mane or is Salah? No, he's not, but he's good enough. And that, that's what matters. And they're going to play. I, uh, there's no question that they're going to play. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more with you guys. Their, um, their time will come and they just need to be patient. Uh, so talking about um, Shankly's birthday earlier on, it's the, the great man's 106th birthday. Um, he, he led Liverpool to three Division One titles. He was the first man to uh, take Liverpool to an FA Cup win and, of course, big years as well in 73. Um, so I thought I'd just uh, give you guys a, a couple of little quotes and we can discuss the great man. Um, he's uh, <laughs> He was one of the first guys to say, if you're first, great, <laughs> second's nothing. <laughs> um, football success is all in the mind. Uh, first, you have to believe you're the best and then make sure you are. Um, I really enjoyed that one. 
And uh, of course, the great one, he, want, he wanted to build a team that is invincible. So invincible that they'll have to send a team from Mars to beat us. And, you know, he, he pretty much did that. He, he brought Liverpool into the limelight and uh, really the, the bastion of invincibility was, was probably my favourite quote. How do you guys feel about uh, Bill Shankly in today's world? Do you think, uh, how, how good of a manager do you think he would be in today's world? Didn't they build a statue for Fergie at uh, in Manchester? It would be that good, right? I mean, there's no. I don't think there's any question. By the way, one thing that I think people don't talk about enough with with Bill Shankly is uh, one of his greatest achievements is Bob Paisley. So I, let's let's not uh, let's not ignore that because that was uh, that was a big find. <laughs> Absolutely, Timuchin. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think so. I mean, I. It kind of reminds me of like the way kind of like club managers. I mean, you would think you know if Shankly is a manager now, he would be at a club like Liverpool or so. I don't think he would be at City or Real or somewhere like that. Or that would not be you know making use of his you know man management skills, motivation skills, and everything like that. It's such like an influential character. Uh, the way he kind of like you know leads and like kind of like pulls the people like you know towards him and like up with him if you will uh i think he would definitely be successful in a club i mean like ours or like more like a blue collar club i think that's the kind of club he fits as a manager as opposed to he's not going to be the kind of manager that's going to kind of deal with a dude like neymar for example i mean can you see neymar and shankly on the same team so I mean, you know, I mean, that's why I think he's not for long. It's a club like ours, more than you know, like a club like you know PSG or like Real or somewhere like that. Yeah, there's a there's an like a credo to to Liverpool. You know, I'm reminded of this because I went to watch the I flew out to Istanbul to watch the Super Cup, right? I spent more time in the air than I spent on the ground to watch that game. Oh <laughs> but something that, something that, that uh, it was lovely, it was wonderful, and, and it was a nail biter. But I, I gotta say, you know, here's an example, right? I'm gonna bring up Chelsea, right? Even the name, you know, this is like the toniest neighborhood in both New York and London, right? This is not a Bill Shankly team, but the, the example of this is that when I was uh, going through the, the airport at Istanbul, I have that picture, I can share it with you if you wanna put it up on the blog. Um, and you walk in, and of course they had all the Super Cup stuff going on. And you had uh, one of these like moving uh, walkways, and on both sides of it there was like a Liverpool flag with the, the club motto, "You'll never walk alone," and the Chelsea one with "We are Chelsea" as the club motto. Are, are you kidding me? I, I mean, you think you see Bill Shankly going to a club that says "We are Chelsea"? That's just just not that's not conceivable, even, right? So I'll I'll, uh, I'll just end with a, a couple more of my, my favorite quotes about the man. And um, if you wanted to say anything else about him, we can, because we could talk about people like Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley all day. Um, but this quote is from Jock Steen, a former Celtic manager. I don't believe everything that Bill tells me about his players. Had they have been that good, they'd not only have won the European Cup, but the Ryder Cup, the boat race in England, and even the Grand National as well. <laughs> So that, that just goes to show what, what sort of a man he was. And one of my other favorites, short but sweet, this city, Liverpool, has two great teams, Liverpool and Liverpool Reserves. <laughs> <laughs> 
So oh. just just oh. an absolute legend um, in all respects. And um, so that moves us on now to um, it was the final day of the transfer window. Um, that was actually today. So it's it's just dragging to a close now. I'm still sure there'll be some deals left to be finalised and last last uh, T's and I's to put on there and um, and we'll hear all about it tomorrow. But um, there's definitely a few worth talking about now today. Um, Kent to Rangers is one of those deals that might be being finalised as we speak. And of course, with uh, the Bobby Duncan fiasco we talked about on last week's show, it has come to an end today. He's been sold to Fiorentina for apparently two million. Um, I think that's sterling, um, United Kingdom currency. And apparently his agent was not a part of that deal, which, you know, that that's uh, good news for me. I think his agent really done him a disservice there. Um, other notables today are Martin Skirtle falling out with his club. Um, he's had zero appearances, so they've terminated his contract on a on a a dual appreciation deal. They've just said, "Nope, I'm good. Bye." <laughs> I thought that was uh, an unbelievable story because so why would they? So he was playing for Fenerbahce, which is my home team back home. Uh, so I mean, really, he's kind of it's Skirtle only even slower. Uh, you know, you got to love his, like, you know, fierce battling spirits, but, you know, lacks in a lot of other ways, especially, you know, with his age now. So he goes to Atlanta. You would think when they sign this guy, they kind of, first of all, know him. And two, they tell him what the game plan is, or you kind of recruit accordingly. The Because he's back in Turkey now with, like, another team. Because, uh, you know, I guess he didn't even have to freaking move this way because he's still in Istanbul. And... But basically, he went over there, did a couple of the practices. Uh, they were basically doing, like, you know, like Juventus style, like three center backs on defense kind of thing. And they didn't really fit him. He didn't really like it. So they canceled this contract. I have no idea how that happens. Like, how did they not know that Skirtle is probably not the best person to play a three center back back, first of all? Uh, and two, like... How would they find that afterwards? I mean, he basically left the Champions League team ultimately and came back to Istanbul to a much lesser team, really. Yeah, it's um, it's a strange one. Um, there's a, quite a lot of players going out to, to the Turkish leagues now, which is good to see, but um, really don't understand what happened there with Skirtle. It, obviously, he's in his latter years, Um but I, I still feel like he could do do some sort of a job for, for a team like Atalanta. Um, two more that have gone to the Turkish league, Galatasaray, is uh, Lamina and Falcao on the last day deadline are both off to Galatasaray. How do you feel about that, Timuchin? Yeah, I know. It's, it's Galatasaray, first of all. I mean, who, who likes them? Uh, <laughs> and then, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, especially in Falcao. I mean, he's kind of like towards the end of the... Uh, curve. He's not like the player he was to be. I was kind of amazed with Lamina, to be honest with you. I mean, I was telling my brother earlier today, I thought that was kind of like a good move because, I mean, he, I thought he performed pretty well in the Premier League as well. He was kind of like a dangerous player with the, you know, the ball on his feet and his shots from far away and things like that. So I was kind of like shocked to see that. Like a bunch of people, yeah, I mean, there were like a lot of signings uh, heading over to like Turkey today. A lot of like smaller deals. 
So all these like big deals that everybody was talking about, like Neymar and everything like that, none of those really happened. It's like a bunch of like small loans and stuff like that. And one thing that didn't happen, which is almost like interesting for us, is uh, Lauren staying. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel about that, Barack? So, I mean, I'll go back to what I was saying earlier. I think Lauren is a, is a very good player. Uh, he can be he can easily be a, a regular opener in half of the Premier League team. He's, uh, he's solid. And let's not forget this guy where he was in the last World Cup. So I, I, I think Lovren is a, is a very good player. He's not good enough to be in a starting 11, but we need a bench. Um, and so if he's going to be able to play uh, in a rotation where we need him to relieve some of the pressure on, especially Van Dijk, who otherwise is set to play every single game of the season, you know, why not? Why not have him around? It, the question is, can he? Is he is he mentally capable of, of assigning himself this sort of relief role? That's, that's my only concern. Otherwise, as a player, he's, he's definitely good enough. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it's good to have him hanging around either way. If, if nothing else, uh, just to, to keep Mo Salah happy, they can go out and have cappuccinos <laughs> and espressos and, and whatever. Bring Mo's coffee over, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I mean, the only other one we haven't really spoken too much about is uh, Bobby Duncan to Fiorentina, um, which there was a bit of a fiasco last week, and uh, we kind of touched upon it last week, but it, it appeared to be the final nail in his, in his Liverpool coffin. Um, so that's both Manchester City and Liverpool who have sold young Bobby Duncan. And I think the only other notable thing to mention about Bobby Duncan is he's not in the international youth system currently. So even though he had a high esteem of his life at Liverpool and being uh, Gerard's cousin um, probably helped a long way, but... Uh, that that's the end of his Liverpool career for for the future. Um, I don't see him ever being signed back to us, but uh, that's um, a definitive end to uh, a pretty tumultuous week for young Bobby Dalkin. I mean, it's kind of good riddance at this point. I mean, the only thing that's I mean negative out of that is it kind of like opens up a. Uh, like kind of like a template for how the heck to get out of your situation, which, you know, if you didn't know already before, uh, kind of creates some drama and nobody wants to deal with you, so you're sold. So if you're not being sold, all you got to do is, you know, act a fool and then you will be sold. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, City gave up on him. Uh, I think partially because of the Gerard links, you know, he was able to get a shot at Liverpool, Obviously not good enough to be able to give him a bigger shot. I can understand the frustration, but he's a young kid, and you would think Gerard would be in his ear. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he doesn't like Gerard just because your cousin doesn't mean you know you get along with him. Uh, but um, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's good riddance. You don't want to have a guy like that being negative around an atmosphere where you're trying to develop players. Because uh, if you have somebody like that, there's probably two other players like that that can kind of be lured to bitch and moan along with you. So just get rid of the bad apple. Uh, focus on what you have. Uh, there's like a clause in there. So if he becomes this player that he thinks he can be, at least we'll get like 20% or whatever it is when he's sold. So, And like you're saying, he kind of lost the whole Gerard thing anyway. Once you're out of England, I don't think the Italians care 
who your cousin or nephew or whatever is. Uh, so it's going to be up to his, you know, like football playing skills now. And obviously if they were that good, I think he would get a chance at Liverpool. I think he feels like, you know, with, you know, Bobby, I mean, with Brewster already there trying to buy for his chance, it's going to be a while before he gets his. And he sees these other younger players that could not cut into the squad, like Kent and Wilson and stuff, kind of like being pushed or sold or loaned and stuff like that. So Good riddance, really. Uh, I mean, good luck to him. I mean, the whole whole mental thing and stuff, I really don't buy it. I think it's something that's more uh, made up by his agent to kind of, like, exaggerate the deal. But, yeah, good riddance and good luck, I guess. Yeah, you know, the the funny thing, how many how many young players have we seen that, that do this, right? They get it into their heads at a very young age that they're superstars. And then they they create some headlines and then they just fade away. I mean, that happens over and over again. I... I have to say, in this particular case, I imagined his agent a little bit like a, like a Grimer warm tongue, right? Sitting behind his ear and whispering these evil things into his head, which doesn't allow you know, him to hear, say. I'm sure Stevie G wouldn't, wouldn't have advised him to, to see his career panning out in the way that it's about to. But, you know, all the best of luck to him. And if he somehow manages to make it through and, and make something of himself in, in world football, he, even after this event, then great. Uh, I'm, I'll be cheering him on. Okay, great, lads. Well, um, before we sign off, um, is there uh, anything we wanted to touch back on on, on the Burnley game? Um, I just had one more fact that I've seen here that I had jotted down that I wanted to, to shout out before we moved on and signed off. Our last defeat, Liverpool's last defeat in August, was in 2016 against Burnley. And so that just shows uh, how how far we've come, really, um, given the fact that our our start to the season has been pretty solid compared to past start to, starts to the season. I think one reason for that, mind you, and especially ever since Klopp came in, is we try to take care of our business a lot sooner in the transfer markets. Uh, whereas you see a lot of teams kind of like, you know, jamming all these signings towards the end, either for financial reasons or, you know, due to bad management. And it takes a while to be able to get a team to gel and mesh and everybody kind of like, you know, like fit into their positions and stuff. I think that's one thing to say about club. He gets the guys he wants. He doesn't do like just patch up jobs. We try to finish our job early, kind of like we did with Fabinho and Kate. I mean, look at all these guys we've signed. They kind of like been earlier uh, in the thing. We rarely do like last day signings. We might sell people on the last day, but we rarely sign them. And I think that helps uh, being able to, you know, get a better camp going and start the season. You know, we started last season really hot too. I think it was like what the first seven games or something like that. So I think that's like a big part of it, and that's kudos to you know upper management as well as Klopp. And with that being said, that's all we got time for this week, folks. One last mention to a few of our our own last minute signings here at American Scouser. Um, new blog and and pod additions too. Uh, we have Barack, Chris, and Chris. I'm sure we'll figure a way to differentiate the two Chris's as time goes by, as we've done with uh, our two Tims, Hooch and Timuchin. But um, from all of us here at the American Scouser, have a great week. And until next time, like, share, subscribe, or join us for a discussion on Facebook at Liverpool FC America. Up the Reds.